Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So I'm now Tanner Boy. Hallelujah. Amen. So call me um, Tanner Boy Shane. Amen. Um, pretty tired this morning. Um, looking forward to a little bit more of a rest this afternoon. I've just got a couple of thoughts I want to just bring to, um, to you this morning. But firstly, just a big thank you to everyone. You know, um, there was a team of people that had the, 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 the opportunity to go, but there was also so many of our church, all of our church has been a part of this. You may not have actually gone and physically put your feet upon the ground, but people have donated, people have been praying for us while we've been away, people have given um, money towards the cause. So this isn't just a, uh, just a few of us, this is all of us that have brought great transformation to the community that we went and served over there. So we want to say a very, very big thank you um, for, all your, for all your prayers, all your support. Um, and as I said before, over the coming weeks, we'll be rolling out some of the amazing things that we've captured um, for, for the last six years going to Vanuatu. It's just been such a desire of mine to have someone that could capture it because it's so hard to put into words um, what you see when you're there. Uh, so we're so encouraged with that. So we'll be uh, starting to share uh, that with you as we go along. I said before, I'm so proud of the teams uh, that come. I mean, years gone past, never in Shell Harbour Community Church, of course. Uh, but there can be times when people come and, and aren't quite a right fit. But both teams, the youth team and the, uh, the, the other team, uh, were just so well fitted together. There was such unity and where there's unity God commands a blessing amen the uh, the water tanks just absolutely changed their world and it was wonderful on the first week to highlight to the young people the value of water out of the tanks because we had to empty one of the tanks to be able to move it so we could put proper bases in and so on uh, one of the afternoons we, we undid the tap and water started streaming out well there were people from everywhere that were bringing tins, kettles, buckets, whatever they could get to capture the water. And I said to the young people, I said, look at that. That's the value that these guys place on water. When, when, when you go to the faucet, the tap, and you turn it on, you put your cup under there, that's one thing. But when you've got to walk for 30 minutes and grab a, a 20 liter of water and bring it back to your village just so that you can cook and clean with, that places another whole value on water, amen? And so that, those two water tanks that are there absolutely transforming and will transform that local community. And we'll show you a picture of that. As we said, over 60 um, eye tests were done a stack of glasses that were given out. Leanne did a whole stack of um, um, health treatments as well, which was phenomenal. And on both Sundays when the teams were there, as you heard, they got to minister in the jail, which was just absolutely fantastic. At the first thought about going into the jail, you can get a little bit fearful. You know, you're going, you're going into the lion's den. They're, they're all prisoners. They're all in there for, for some sort of um, crime that they've committed. But honestly, when you go in there, what I love is that they don't see the place, um, the, the prisoners being, um, uh, you know, like penal penalty. They see it as a place where, where the prisoners come in and they use it as a way of transforming their lives. They bring them in, they see them get born again, they disciple them and they send them back to their communities. That's how they view the prison system in Vanuatu. It is, honestly, it is just amazing to see the work of God and the hand of God uh, on the prison. So that was just amazing. And as I said before, there are so many, so many God moments. Um, there were hundreds of God moments. I mean, it was 
ridiculous the amount of times that just little moments would pop up that you'd go, I, I, would, I would have spent all that time just to see that one thing take place. And for me, there was one little God moment. I want to just bring the, the picture up if I could. There's a little man there. This little boy here is called Thomas. And what's amazing about Thomas is one of the afternoons, um, we asked if, um, if um, Annette and James would just go for a bit of a walk around the village. So they did go for a, a walk around the village and they got talking with the mother. And this mum had this little, little boy called Tom, Thomas. And I don't know whether it was that morning or the day before, but he cut his finger. And you, you can't quite see it there, but you can see it there. That's, that's, just a sh that's quite a decent laceration right there. And uh, she got talking, they got talking to the mum. Anyway, the mum brought uh, Thomas up to the medical clinic. And I'm no, I'm, I'm no um, um, a medical professional um, in any stretch of the imagination. But for the medical professionals that were there, said that if this little boy hadn't had some treatment done on his hand, because when he came, he had no Band-Aid, no nothing, because you've got to imagine they don't have anything. So you cut yourself, it's big deal, suck it up and hope for the best. That's, how, that's what life is for a lot of them there. So when they saw that, they were able to clean his wound, bandage it up, and then were able to give them um, $12, 1,000 vatu, $12, to go um, into town to the medical clinic to get the thing stitched up properly. And this little boy, if I could have him again, this little boy, he can't speak that well. He can say mum and dad. That's about all that he can say. And... Because of that, he can't speak much. He's bullied in school. Little fella just bullied in school. And, and you know, we, we find him in the midst of nowhere in, in this little, little jungle arena. And, and God makes us aware of his situation. And we're able to bring him in and love him. And pat him on the head and tell him we love him and all that sort of stuff. And then treat his little finger. And the guys were saying if he, didn't, if he hadn't got treatment for his, for his laceration... Um, it potentially more than likely would have lost his finger or he would have died from septicemia because of the infection. There is so much infection over there. And I looked at that little fella there and I thought, you know, even out of all the stuff that God did, it's just worth it just for that there. Just for that there, it's worth, you know, whatever it is that we give and we do when we go there. Just to see a little man like that who, who, who potentially could have died from the injury that he had, but God lined it up so that we could bring him some care. Amen. Oh, I love our Father in heaven. He is amazing. That little boy's a nobody, but God knows him. Amen. <laughs> so, so encouraged by that. For me, I'd go back to Vanuatu time and time again just for that. Amen. And so I just really, I was encouraged and God reminded me about our time there, that that. To change the world, uh, we only need a little bit of compassion, a little bit of money, and a little bit of time. It cost us $12 Australian to see that little man's hand fixed up. Amen? Often when we, we look at the world and we see all the stuff that's going on, we get overwhelmed by all the stuff that's happening. But to change the world and change the world of others, all it takes is a little bit of compassion, a little bit of money, and a little bit of time. Amen. And I really want to encourage us this morning about that and about our compassion and about our, 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 our care for the world that we live in. 
not to be overwhelmed by all the enormity of the big things that are going on, but to realize that we can change the world so simply just by a little act of compassion. You know, during the week, God really challenged me again about our lives, that our lives are too short to waste. On stuff. In fact, I was reminded that we're just pilgrims passing through. This is not our home. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, it says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. This is why we should live like there is a tomorrow to prepare for. Amen? We should live like that there is a tomorrow to prepare for. And I think as as Christians today, and as I said before, the Nevan people, I love them. <laughs> I love them. I don't know where that come from, but I love them. They are poor. They are simple. They, they have nothing to give. But I love them. But I think more importantly, God loves them. God's wanting us as a people to love them. Amen? And they have nothing, yet in the midst of having nothing, they are so happy. And while I was over there, I just reflected on, on, on many people in our communities. We have so much, and yet we're not happy. I don't, I don't believe that the, 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 the key to true joy and happiness is found in possessing more. I believe that the key to true joy and happiness is in the, in the ability to be able to give more. Jesus said it. He said, blessed are those that give. Happy are those that give, amen. And I think one of the things that we need to be careful of is that we don't get caught up in the culture of this world that we live in, where it keeps challenging us and encouraging us that we have to get more and have more and be, be, uh, become more in order to think that we will be a success or that we will be happy as a, as a, as a result of that. Truth is, we can get caught up on the treadmill of the world. All my life is about having things, trying to be a good person and to have lots of money for retirement. Ooh. This is only wrong when the main focus is that. And nothing in that journey has a story of others in it. Amen? As Christ followers, we're meant not to live like the world. John Piper wrote a book. I want to, just a couple of quotes out of it this morning. John Piper wrote a book. It says, don't waste your life. <laughs> Going to read that one. But he said, don't waste your life. And he made a couple of comments. He drew a couple of comparisons between two types of Christians. Type one, work hard, has a number of toys. The predominant focus is to live a good life and retire well. John Piper calls that a wasted life. I'm not coming back next Sunday. You hear my heart this morning. Life's more than just that. He says type two works hard, has some toys, but the predominant focus is living to advance the kingdom of God. The first type is caught up in their own pursuits and dreams. I believe we could call it the bigger barn 
syndrome. I didn't have much to bring you this morning, but I just want to bring this one scripture to our attention. In this season right now, I just believe that we need to hear it. There are needy people everywhere. God's, God's calling us to, to be open, to have our hearts open. Jesus tells a story in Luke chapter 12, verse 4. He says, but he said to them, man, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things. Take care, beware of covetousness. I think that's going to be one of, the, one of the biggest things that we need to continually challenge in our lives. That we, we just get caught up on having to have so much and needing so much. And I just want a bigger boat, I do. <laughs> Hello? Jesus said, beware, take heed, don't get caught up in a lifestyle that makes you think that your life and all that you possess is yours. You're an owner of nothing. You're a steward of everything, though. And then he goes on in this verse, and we'll finish with this this morning, these verses of Scripture. It says, And then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? He was going so well in his life and in his world and in his finances and in his everything. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool. But God said to him, fool. This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? Listen to this. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Not rich towards God. This man in this parable... His riches were towards himself. He had no care for others. He had no care for the oppressed. He had no care for the marginalized. He had no care for the poor. He had no care for the downtrodden. He had no care for the downcast. His riches were towards himself. God said, you fool. So many Christians are living foolish lives. They might look good on the outside. You might have the shiny car, the big house, all of that stuff. You might be able to talk the Christianese, but the reality is that your, your wealth and all that you have is focused towards you. Fool. But Jesus goes on to say, That our lives are meant to be rich towards God. In other words, all that God has given me and blessed me with, all the, 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 the nice house, the, the car, the finances, all that God has given me, it's all for a purpose. 
that we're meant to be rich towards God. In other words, my finances, all that I have, is meant to be towards the advancement of the kingdom of God. I don't know, I'm not feeling much love right now. Hear my heart this morning. If, if I, you know, I could just get up here and say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, grab it and blab it. Blab it and grab it, wrong way around. I could just tell you, you know, another story about Jesus dying for you on the cross and we'll tell you another story how righteous you are and blessed you are and, and all of that. But the truth is, three hours from our shores, there are many, many needy people. And we can just come to church and play little church games and do all that. Or we could go, well, hang on a minute, God. You've blessed me with so much. What are you asking me to do? How do I become rich towards you? Luke chapter 16, a few, few chapters on. Jesus again speaks about money. Listen to this. He says in Luke chapter 16, he says, Make yourself friends with unrighteous mammon. So when it fails, they will welcome you into an everlasting habitat. Jesus was showing us there that the greatest use of our money is getting people to heaven. That's what he was saying, Donna. Amen? So I really want to just encourage us and challenge us this morning. And, and, and to shake off any thought of, of getting caught up in living a selfish life. God's wanting us to live a selfless life. Amen? A selfless life. The end of this, not the end, but near the end of this, this chapter... In Luke chapter 12, he, last little bit that I just captured my attention, attention this morning. In 32, he says, after he's taught them about the parable of the certain, the ground of a certain rich man, encourage them about being rich towards God. Listen, listen to these closing words this morning. In verse 32, he says, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have, give alms, provide yourself money bags which do not grow old. What? Provide yourself money bags which do not grow old. He's talking about eternity. Treasure in heaven that does not fail where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. And this bit I love this morning. If we could just have the band back up, that would be great. The musician this morning, the team. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Hallelujah. Those people that have gone to Vanuatu, and paid for their flights and done all that stuff, I would, have, I, would, I would back it in 100% that your heart is attached in some way to the people of Vanuatu now. If you put your treasure in that nation, your heart is there as well. 
Amen. So I do want to encourage you. You know, for next year and beyond, there is, we have so many opportunities to make a difference in that, those beautiful island nations. And God might speak to your heart in, an, in a number of ways. But let him speak to you, amen? Jesus said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. As you go or as you give, watch what God does in your heart, amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the great privilege and the great joy of serving you by serving others, Lord. Right now, this morning, we just ask you and help to help us this morning. That if our riches are going astray and our riches are not towards you, help us to soberly look at the parable that Jesus spoke about and help us to realign our, our heart and the direction of our riches so that we point them towards you, towards advancing your kingdom. Father, we thank you for all the lives that have been transformed in Vanuatu. We thank you for all, all of the people that have been loved and cared for and your gospel that has been shared with so many. And Lord, today we just thank you for the privilege, the utter joy and the utter privilege of being able to serve them. So we thank you this morning for that great joy. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Thank you, Tom.